Bibles today, or if you have a phone, or grab your neighbor's Bible, or you have a tablet, or you thought, oh, I forgot my Bible today, we'll have it on the screen. But I want to go through a few verses today, and I want to start with kind of my title, and we'll see this out of Psalm 121, and, and this really is the heart of God, and, and this is the heart that David grasped a hold of with God, where he knew, and God would say, I am your help, right? I am your help. Years ago when we were kids, you know, there was limited television on. If you can, you know, can you remember back when, like, the TV went absolutely blank, like in the middle of the night, just went, went blank. A lot of shows that we would watch, sometimes it was in the summer, we'd watch The Rifleman. I don't know if you remember the old black and white Rifleman. Um, a lot of times we had to sneak to watch Twilight Zone. Mom wouldn't let us watch Twilight Zone. And, you know, we'd watch all those, those older ones, Leave it to Beaver, uh, uh, The Munsters, all of those. Well, every once in a while there was a commercial that came on, and, and I think I heard the commercial the other day, Life Alert. I mean, this is when I was a kid. Help! Say it with me. I've fallen and I can't get up. Now, all of us know somebody that has that device, right, that actually, like, save them they have a shower device that's still going today they're able to call that to get help right they can get help with that now it happened to me back in february when i had a car hit me and my phone flew my phone dialed 911 and i remember i forgot about that feature right guy upgraded and i hear this uh calling brea police department in 10 9 or 911 and I couldn't find my phone and gone under the seat, and it called for me. Next thing I know, somebody's on, on, the, on the line there. Nowadays, you might have a smart watch. Same thing, you fall, or there's a jolt like an accident. I believe it just happened on the news the other night. There was a guy that crashed in Los Angeles. I think it was close to the ocean, and his phone called 911. What well, calls for your help? You know, all of us know somebody, if you're having computer problems, usually you know who to call. If you're having plumbing problems, usually you know who. There's somebody that you know that you can call. But here's what's interesting about, about God, and David's going to have this revelation where he knows God is his help, and God wants us to have that realization with him. I am your help. I am your help. You know, it's interesting as we watch God create, and I had this in my notes a couple weeks ago, and I didn't say it. There's five days of creation before uh, Adam and Eve were ever created. There's five full days of creation that God created everything. And on that sixth day, we read about uh, Adam, that he breathed life into the dirt, the ground. All those things that he created. So we don't just know God as creator. Jesus taught us to call him our father. Our father. We have a, um, a neighbor that several years ago, I was bringing him home from church one night, and he asked me, he said, can I ask you a question? I said, sure. Would you mind if I started calling you dad? I turned and, you know, I turned and looked. And I said, oh, no, no, you know, he, he lives uh, with his aunt and uncle. And I said, oh, I wouldn't want to do that to your uncle. Uh, I said, Man, I, I appreciate you wanting to say that. But I, I, I wouldn't want to do that to you. You know, you live with them. You know, you need to honor, you need to honor them. And I remember telling my kids one night at dinner, 
I told them that story. They're like, what? No way. Nobody's calling you dad except us, right? That's how they were. But Jesus didn't hold the father on his own. He said for us to call him our father, our father. He's the one that we call in time of need. He is our healer, our counselor, our comforter. He is the mighty God. He is the helper. Only the creator of everything. None of us have created anything. We might be able to build a chair. We might be able to build a podium. We might be able to build something, but it's out of materials that God alone created. But we call him our father, the creator, our father. Well, I want to look today uh, in a few verses, but let me start back again. We looked at this verse last week, Psalm 121, 1 and 2. And my uh, series this summer, we're looking at the wonders in Psalms, the wisdom in uh, Proverbs, but then looking at Jesus, right? So really, wonders, wisdom, and then we always find Jesus. Psalm 121, 1 and 2, out of the New Century Version David says this, I look up to the hills, but where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. So it's interesting at the end, David already has this insight. The one that helps me is the one that made heaven and earth. So last week we kind of brushed over this. In fact, one of the literal translations would be for us to say, my help is from only the Lord, as David would mention to that. But if I read Psalm 121 and I look at where David is, a lot of the times when he would write the different Psalms or when we read them individually, the Psalm, he would write it, but most of the time he sang it, right? So this was like a song. But where David is uh, when he writes this, he's hiding from Saul in the wilderness in the mountains because as we read, in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 23, 24, Saul eyed him every day. Saul wants to kill him. Saul sends out 3,000 of his special forces to track down David to kill him. We really don't know in the scriptures how long he lived in the hi hiding. Most Bible scholars figure somewhere between four and seven years. So this isn't a weekend hiding from somebody, right? An overnight you have 3,000 that are tracking you, trying to kill you. But David, when he looked up at the hills, he wasn't just looking up like we would look up at Mount Wilson, right? He wasn't looking for just the hills. And the mountain view just really encouraged him that morning. It was so beautiful as he had his coffee and sat on a rock and thought about his day. It wasn't that at all. He was looking for Mount Moriah. On Mount Moriah was the Ark of the Covenant, the very presence of God. In fact, Mount Moriah is in the Old Testament several times. That's where we read about Abraham taking Isaac. That's where we'll read about David. That's where we'll read about Solomon. Uh, we read all these different things. But that mountain, he knew as he looked to it, he looked to that hill because that's where the very presence of God was. And it encouraged him as he's hiding. He's going to head out for the day. I love the, the one translation that says Saul went into a cave to relieve himself. Right? Cave was the bathroom. David's in there and he's got his knife and he cuts off a little bit of the robe of Saul. 
and yet he comes to himself because he did not want to touch God's anointed. You would have thought, you know, David could have taken care of Saul right then. He did not want to do that. But David called and knew that his help was from the Lord. So it's important to remember, though he was running and hiding, he sought from the Lord. This also is a, a prayer, or even can be a worship prayer, and it's a gesture of expressing boldness and confidence when you pray. In fact, if you read all Psalm 121, there's several other promises that are laid out for us in there that David had. But David became confident. David had great hope when he looked at the very and knew where the presence of God was. He didn't look at his own circumstances. He trusted in the strength of the creator. And I like how he ends that one, right? He ends it with... Uh, who made heaven and earth. Let's allow that to be when we pray next and maybe you feel a little discouraged or you're wondering how it's going to work out. Can you remember the one we pray to, the one that we read about? He created everything. He's orchestrated every single thing and we trust him. So David teaches us a powerful principle. He didn't have all of the Bible like we have today, but he looked up to the Lord. That was a posture to him of looking up to the Lord. What got David in trouble was when he started looking around. And he didn't look up. In fact, I just want to read this one psalm. This is our 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 1. And you can read 2 Samuel 11, and you can read on where David falls into that trap. And it says, as it happened in the spring of the year... At the time when kings go out to battle, that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and they destroyed the people of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. And notice what it says. Everybody say it with me at the end. But David remained at Jerusalem. The king didn't go fight the battle. But the kingdom's been great. It's amazing the things that David did. You know, God's anointed, man after God's own heart. But when he stayed back, Instead of looking up to the Lord, he started looking around and he saw a rooftop and he saw a woman bathing. And instead of stopping and catching himself and getting back to what he needed to do, he called for her, brought her in the chamber, slept with her. She becomes pregnant. It didn't stop there. Calls her husband back from the battle. You can read all about this in the Bible. And then uh, tries to get it to where he'll at least be with his wife for the night so the pregnancy can be his or blamed on him. That doesn't happen because the man would not go in the household while he had men sleeping in the field. And then David set it up to have him killed. We don't read in the Bible that David one day it overcomes him that he hits his knees and that he repents before the Lord. No, it wasn't until the prophet Nathan comes. And really drills him with a parable of a story that enrages David. And yet Nathan says, you're the man, right? You're the one I'm talking about. That's where his heart changed. You know, when Michelle and I would direct camps, one of it, we, we used to try to keep the rules simple. First rule, be where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there. Be where you're supposed to be. Right? If we have a service at night, be there. If it's time to eat, be there. If it's cleaning up the dorms, be there. Time for sports activities, be there. The kids that get in trouble, kind of wander off and go the different direction. But we read that with David. David stayed back at a time when kings went out to battle. Instead of looking up, he was looking around. But here's a prayer that David says in Psalm 51, 
verse 6, he says, Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts. And in the hidden part, you will make me to know. Interesting he uses that word, wisdom. You desire truth in the inward parts. You're the one that will make me know wisdom. Well, we read something very powerful in David's life, that example of, well, here, here's what I always thought too. Aren't you glad that stories of you weren't in the Bible for eternity? Can you imagine like people reading about you? Oh, so one day Walter, wouldn't that be horrible like for eternity? You're always uh, in the Bible. Well, David's in that for the example to us of he showed us how to look up. Showed us not to be those that look around. But in that situation where he did it, he came back and he knew that in the inward parts, he knew that in trusting God, there would be some type of wisdom, which brings us to Solomon today in Proverbs 24, verse 10. And there's a, I want to read this out of two translations. And Solomon writes this, If you think in the day of adversity, your strength is small. None of us like adversity. None of us like those pressures, those situations. But if we faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. I like this translation, uh, and it says this out of the message. If you fall to pieces in a crisis, there wasn't much to you in the first place. Oh, how many of you that one hits, right? You get a phone call, and all of a sudden you fall into pieces. I think that demonstrates it the best so notice where we need to go back to is all of us are going to face adversity but we've got to go back up and, and build our strength our faith our trust in his word those things are going to happen in this lifetime but I don't want to be the one that crumbles and I don't want to be the one that falls to pieces and then I like this one in Proverbs uh, 334 where in fact, it's mentioned in 1 Peter and somewhere else, uh, it says this, Surely he scorns the scornful, but notice this last part. He gives grace to the humble. He gives grace to the humble. How many times do we read, humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord and we'll be lifted up? The humility part is that heart of the believer. In fact, it's that humility part that keeps our eyes focused on him, on him. Well, then let's look to Jesus. I want to look at just a few verses. Everybody feeling good in there? I don't see any more flapping arms. When I see more flapping arms, uh, we'll kind of move on. Well, Jesus teaches us this, and I know that I've mentioned these over the last several months, but I continue to come back to these things that he says, John 5, 19. Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Father, the Son also does in like manner. Jesus didn't take the loaves and fish and decide, you know what we're going to do today? Oh yeah, we're going to feed everybody. Not on his own. I only do what I see the Father doing. In fact, the New Living Translation says it this way, where Jesus says, I tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the Father doing. 
whatever the son, whatever the father does, the son also does. How do I respond to people that say things to me? Well, I say it, then I ask for forgiveness, right? That's what you do, right? No, I have to go back and I have to know what, what, how would the Lord respond? What would the Lord say? What if I said what he said and I just left it at that and let him do the work? Because we're so instantly, we want to bow. Somebody says something, you know what? I want to come with a comeback. I got five in my head ready to go, right? I'm locked and loaded. I know exactly what I'm ready to say. Well, Jesus did what the Father said. I like that. What the Father does, the Son also does. We read in John 8, 24, Jesus said, When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He, and that I do nothing of myself. But as my Father taught me, I speak these things. I do nothing of myself. You know, we're a... We're living in a generation of everything is about self. How I promote self. How I promote me. How I promote my brand. How I promote this. How I promote that. Jesus had every right to do whatever he wanted to do. He's going to lay his life down. But that wasn't the way that he did it. He only said and did what he saw and heard what the Father said. In fact, the, I like how the New Living Bible says it this way. Jesus' words, When you've killed the Messiah, then you will realize that I am He and that I have not been telling you my own ideas, but have spoken what the Father taught me. Uh, at the end of Jesus' ministry, we gather that He's about 33 and a half years old. What He is doing that we read in the Gospels. He's doing what the Father taught him to do. He's doing what the Father taught him to do. He's saying what he heard the Father say. How powerful is that for us in our life? Are we saying and doing and acting like our Father? Are we looking to him in difficult circumstances? Are we brushing it aside and we depend on this flesh or do we depend on the creator, our father, who created everything? You know, we read, a, a look at these two really quick. Luke chapter 9, verse 16 and 17. That Jesus now takes the five loaves and two fish. And there, there's a saying in there, he says, and looking up to heaven. Why did he look up to heaven? Couldn't he have just, he could have done it all. It's that whole bit of looking up, like we don't read why or anything, but he looks up as it's an act. I almost wonder, kind of like we read with David, it's a boldness when he prays. Let me tell you, uh, and I've heard a missionary story, and this was a long time ago, and I forget exactly what country we were in. They had a big old pot of soup, and they looked and they saw the line, and the line still was several hundred people, and the big metal ladle, the soup had just come to the top of it. And they looked at the line and they looked down the soup and they thought, you know, we're not going to have enough for the next five people. And the missionary thought in their head, you know, maybe I can tilt the bowl. You know how you do, right? Tilt the bowl. And they just prayed. In fact, their exact words, we did what Jesus did. We looked up and we prayed, Lord, bless this soup. There's so many people that are hungry. And the missionary said, and we just kept serving it. We didn't dare want to look down. Right? <laughs> right. 
Because usually you would hope, oh, this thing's blowing, coming over, everybody run over here, put your cup in. And as they remained, he kept serving and serving and serving until the last one. And he said, when he looked down, there was that ladle still with the soup on it. Same missionary told one time um, they were taking somebody to a doctor. And whatever doctor in a village it had changed, they needed to go 175 miles, except the gas station they were going to go to was completely closed down. And the, the indicator was already on E. That's like my car when I get in sometimes for Michelle. I always notice it just starts out on E, right? Because I'm going to be the supernatural one to go in and get it somewhere. I guess that's just <laughs> He said they drove the whole 175 miles on empty. Man, I'd love that car, wouldn't you? <laughs> How many of you push it when that light comes on? Oh, I got at least a couple gallons. Yeah, that'll get you. You do it one time, you'll never do it again. Jesus used that example, five loaves and two fish. There's another feeding that we read. But what he models to us as he looks up to heaven, right, that, that boldness and confidence when we pray, I'm going to take what looks like nothing and we're going to feed everybody. In fact, that scripture says there's leftovers, right? Leftovers. Jesus in John 17, 1 says, when he spoke these words, he lifted his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may also glorify you. He's looking up to the Father. That's his heart. You know, we're blessed these days because God answers us because of his words. If I'm struggling in wisdom, if I'm struggling what to do, do you know God has an answer? God said something. Solomon mentioned that there's nothing new under the sun. God knew from the beginning of Genesis to the end of Revelation, even if I read Revelation, I don't really understand everything. He's written everything that is life. In fact, Solomon said this, it's life to those that find it, and it's health to all their flesh. Why is it easier sometimes to sit down and watch a Netflix movie than it is to open my Bible and read? At least. But these aren't just words to us. It's not history. It's life. In fact, it goes a different step that it's alive, active, and living, right? The gospel, the Bible is living for us. So if, if we're stuck in making a decision, what does the Lord say? Look into his word. Look up to him in his word. If, if I don't know what to say, how to respond, how to trust, how to believe. I'm going to look to him. He's my help. He's who I go to. So in my, download the notes later. In fact, there's a couple questions that we list in there as for me and my house. But I, I want to ask a couple questions before we close. So God who made this world surely has the power to take care of me. He has the power to take care of me. Oh, I just don't know what is going to happen this week. You just don't know what's going to happen. You know, the Lord does, and the Lord's already there. He's already, he's already there, but do I, do I trust him? Am I, am I seeking after him? He will take care of me. You know, when we were kids, and you guys have probably heard this too of your kids. Mom, Dad, I'm starving. 
Anybody remember that? I'm starving. You weren't starving. Right? You felt a little grumble. You were hungry. But somehow, someway they fed you. Somehow they took care of you. And yet Jesus tells us that the help that we need to ask of our Father. Well, bow your heads if you would with me today. I want to ask us this question. And then we'll close with a, a worship song. What situation today do I need to look to the Lord to depend on his words and his help? You know, we took time in the beginning of the service to make a stand and speaking Jesus over our situation. But there are verses, there are promises, there are uh, scriptures that are written that need to become things that I speak out, that I memorize, that I believe, that I stand on, that I'm trusting God for because God is my help. Father, we pray today and we thank you that David recognized you as creator of heaven and earth. We really only see the earth. We really only see the other planets that are out there. We don't see how vast this solar system is that you have created. But David said, heaven and earth, I know that you can help me. I know that there's nothing impossible for you. I know I'm to keep my eyes focused on you. I'm not to look around and I'm going to model what Jesus did because Jesus did what the Father said when he looked up. He took steps of faith and he blessed and he broke what he had. Lord, I thank you that you take us today, all the different levels of us following you, but you can do a work, an amazing work in our lives and the lives of our family. And today we call upon you, Father, to do that work. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said... Amen, amen, amen. Stand with me if you would. We're going to close with the song.